Hi everybody and welcome to another edition of The Heart Podcast. It's another overcast day here in Cambridge and I'm really hoping that spring is going to come soon. Nevertheless, I'm delighted to be joined on this episode of the podcast by Dr. Praveen Mehotra. Uh, Praveen is the head of echocardiography at the Thomas Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia. And Praveen, along with several co-authors and last author Judy Hung, has just published an original research paper in Heart, which is all about the clinical features and prognosis of people with isolated severe aortic stenosis with valve areas less than one square centimetre. And Praveen joins us to talk all about this paper and what his findings mean for how we define severe aortic stenosis. I hope you enjoy the podcast and please feel free to subscribe and spread the word. Thank you. Perhaps you can start by telling us a little bit about the the situation with aortic stenosis and why there are some people that think we should redefine um, how we measure and how we define severe aortic stenosis. What's the what's the motivation there? Um, well, first I would say that there have been some in the literature that have observed that the mean gradient um, in aortic stenosis doesn't actually uh, achieve 40 millimeters of mercury until the aortic valve area falls well below one centimeter squared, closer to 0.8 centimeters squared. And there have been some that have advocated to by to change the guidelines to improve concordance of parameters of AS severity. So that's one of the motivating factors. And then um, one of the other motivating factors is really kind of the knowledge of um, that transvalvular flow, stroke volume index, plays an important part in the assessment of AS severity. And how do we integrate this um, into the um, echocardiographic um, assessment of these patients? And I guess all this plays back to what do we do with the patient in front of us in terms of referring for valve surgery or valve intervention, right? Correct. Ultimately, we need to know that which patient is appropriate for aortic valve replacement and which patients can we continue to follow closely and don't require surgery. I mean, surgery you know, has risk, of course, um, but obviously we want to offer it to the patients who are most going to uh, benefit from it and who need it. And in your uh, paper, you mentioned some differences between the American guidelines and the European guidelines in how we currently define severe aortic stenosis. There are some very kind of minor guidelines. I believe the American guidelines, I tell you the truth, I can't remember exactly, but one of them uh, is less than one centimeter squared and one of them is less than or equal to okay. uh, centimeter squared. But it's, it's, it's basically a minor difference, I would say, in terms of the cutoff. Uh, one centimeter is the cutoff for... Uh, um, uh, for severe AS by valve area. And as you say, some people are suggesting that that be reduced down to 0.8 centimeters squared. That is correct. Okay. So that's the motivation for your study. How about uh, telling us a little bit about how you actually did the study itself? Sure. So this was a retrospective observational study of approximately 350 patients with moderate to severe aortic stenosis with preserved EF and no other significant valve disease um, we identified these patients um, consecutively using our echocardiographic database, and then we studied um, their clinical echo and, uh, characteristics as well as their outcomes. Um, we divided these patients basically into three major groups, um, an aortic valve area uh, less than 0.8 centimeters square, a so-called kind of intermediate AVA group between 0.8 and basically 1, but we defined it as 0.99 centimeters squared, 
and then a, a third group of moderate AS patients, which we defined um, by AVA 1 to 1.3 centimeters squared. Okay, and what did you actually do with the patients? So it was a, a, a follow-up study? Yes, yeah, so we we, uh, we followed them uh, for uh, several years after they were identified retrospectively. Uh, we studied um, their clinical characteristics. Their, uh, we analyzed all of their echoes in, in detail. And um, the main outcome of our study was death or uh, aortic valve replacement, whether that be uh, SAVR or transcatheter uh, valve replacement um, uh, at or before three years. And did you have an index group and then a comparator group, or how did you divide up the the patients into your groups there? Yeah, so the groups were less than point were by AVA. Um, okay. There is increasing kind of knowledge that aortic valve area, being kind of a less flow dependent parameter, is an an important uh, one of the more important uh, parameters in assessing AS severity. So we decided to use valve area rather than peak velocity or mean gradient as our kind of dividing parameter. Um, and so we divided them, as I said, into less than 0 0.8, 0 0.9, uh, 0 0.8 to 0.99. And then our comparative group, as you say, was kind of the moderate AS group patients, you know, who we would think naturally um, do not require uh, valve surgery yet. And it looks like from your paper, they were between 1.0 and 1.3 square centimeters. That's correct. And what was your principal finding, Praveen? The principal finding, not surprisingly, um, was that patients in this intermediate AVA group, 0.8 to 0.99 centimeters squared, um, have inter an intermediate outcome uh, between those uh, with an AVA less than 0 0.8 centimeters squared um, and moderate AS. But importantly, um, to really understand this group, um, which we found is, is, is a very heterogeneous group, we really had to study the flow gradient subtype within this kind of intermediate gray zone of AS severity. Um, most of these patients were comprised of the normal flow low gradient AS subtype, meaning that they had uh, normal transvalvular flow defined as a stroke volume index greater than 35 ml per meter squared, and they had low, and they had low gradients. Um, less than uh, 40 um, in the moderate range. Less often in this group, uh, we found that these patients had high gradients, and even less often, we found that they had uh, that this group was comprised of the so-called paradoxical low flow, like low gradient group. These two subsets were more often seen when the valve area was less than 0.8 centimeters squared. And their outcomes were defined by the flow gradient subtype. So when you took this intermediate AVA group and we performed a Cox regression analysis, we found that the presence of the normal flow low gradient subtype was protective of the combined outcome. But we have to look at the, uh, the Kaplan-Meier uh, curves even carefully to really understand their outcomes. Um, when we look in the early follow-up period, less than a year and a half, this normal flow low gradient group um, had similar outcomes compared to moderate AS. But clearly, after a year and a half, these patients um, start to require AVR or, or may die. And therefore, these patients are really kind of a, a group in transition between moderate and severe aortic stenosis. On the other hand, um, the patients in this uh, middle AVA group of 0.8 to 0.99, if they had the paradoxical low-flow, low-gradient subtype, or if they had high gradients, they were more likely um, to require surgery, and they had outcomes which were in line with patients with a more severe AVA of less than 0.8. So this group is really a heterogeneous um, group of AS patients. 
And where do you think that leaves us as a, as a field? Do you think, are you now in the camp of people who want to lower the, the cutoff down to 0.8, or do you think it should be left as is at 1.0? I think that our findings support that the AVA cutoff should be left where it is, at one centimeter squared, basically. And the reason for that is, is, is um, this cutoff was, in our study was found to be more sensitive uh, for the combined endpoint. And really, this, this cutoff complements the more specific mean gradient and peak velocity um, cutoffs. And the purpose of the AVA really is to identify patients that might need uh, uh, valve surgery, not just patients who need it now, but patients that might need it in the near future. And if we, if we decrease the cutoff to 0.8, yes, we may improve concordance in the echo lab. But we won't be doing our patients any favors because we may be missing patients that may require surgery now who have high gradients or in the near future after a year or two. So we really want to capture those patients um, with the current cutoff and, and not miss them because AVR will be beneficial for these patients at some point. And just to finish up, are there any other um, interesting ways that you're classifying patients with aortic stenosis? Uh, I'm thinking of uh, using cardiac MR or the degree of calcification of the aortic valve. Are these? Do you see these as things coming down down the track or uh, I, I think that they ultimately um, uh, will be helpful. I think for some patients, um, using CT to quantify calcium is important. Uh, as some of these low flow, low gradient patients may have um, pseudo severe AS, and I think for this, for a, a specific patient, uh, using these modalities um, will be helpful. Um, looking for fibrosis. Um, uh, with cardiac MRI. Um, currently at this time at our institution, we aren't using these routinely. I think that the clinician has to be a, an astute observer and really integrate the information uh, that's provided by the patient, the clinical information, um, and not just the hemodynamic information uh, from the echo, but also look at the effect on the ventricle. Is there hypertrophy? Is, are there changes in, in strain? Um, or longitudinal function. Um, and, and by integrating all of these parameters, um, we can get a better assessment of the patient and whether or not um, uh, they will need uh, valve replacement. Fantastic. Well, that's a really good summary, Praveen, and a very helpful uh, article. I'll put links in the show notes so people can go away and, and read it. Uh, thanks very much indeed for your time, sir. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.